Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. It is so great to have you here. You know, as a confidence coach, I work with many different women in many different stages of life because confidence really is the foundational skill that we all need when we're going through change or when we're making our goals and dreams a reality. And this often includes women starting or building a business. So I know that today's guest is going to be of great value to those of us who are trying to build our own livelihoods through small business. I would like to introduce you to Nikki Kugler, the founder of Nash & Banks, which is a curated online platform and a flagship Sydney store that helps people who are looking to live a more conscious life discover the best quality ethical brands and sustainable solutions available. It was after the birth of her second child that Nikki found her awareness of increasing costs of overconsumption heightened and she felt frustrated and helpless searching for brands that offered alternatives. So what does a frustrated entrepreneur do when they can't find a solution to their problem? Well, they decide to build the solution themselves and that's how Nash & Banks was created and its official launch was in 2018. Today, she is going to talk to us about the importance of backing yourself and that change for the better begins with a single imperfect step in the right direction. So Nikki, welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really honoured to be here. It's great. Fantastic. And I loved your story. I love the story of Nash and Banks. And it really is that, you know, obviously we talk about the confidence side, but there's so many business, you know, business advice, business podcasts. But, you know, it's really that personal edge that really people need in starting business because you really do have to, as we said in the beginning, you've got to know how to back yourself, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your business, yourself and your background. Well, look, to capture me in a nutshell, I I grew up in South Africa when I was really young and moved to Australia when I was 10. And I had never really had a clear idea of where I wanted to go from a career perspective. My career was built up through just different choices and opportunities that came in front of me and that included working for some some big corporate businesses in media, communication, sales and the like, but also included fantastic opportunities outside of work like volunteering overseas and working for not-for-profits. So I'm not one of those people who was fortunate to know very early on exactly what they wanted to do. It's been always for me a little bit about a, a journey and that's you know led me to where I am today, which is working on National Banks, which started very much as a passion project and sort of came at a time when I was looking for inspiration and and also ways in which I could live a more sustainable and more common life and how I could contribute to my children. 
Isn't it interesting? We often stumble into roles and different jobs. I think it's such a small number of the population who actually, you know, wake up or are born knowing what they want to do. I think the rest of us sort of journey along. Did, but did you ever see yourself as a business owner before you went into Nation Banks, I guess? I did not see myself, I guess, you know, up until I launched National Banks and I did launch a business with some friends prior to National Banks. But right. up until that point, I was the only one in my family who wasn't running their own business. Right. So both of my parents founded multiple businesses and have run their own businesses. My sister is a photographer. Right. So she's run her own business. My cousins all have their own businesses. My uncle started a number of very successful businesses. So it wasn't necessarily something I didn't see myself doing. Yeah, because you were surrounded by people who were doing it. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so my career had just happened to take a course that led me to work in a lot of corporations and, and for a lot of, you know, small, medium and large businesses. But it wasn't something I set out to do, but it also was always, I suppose, on the table. Yes, a little bit in your blood maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you, Nikki? I guess it has meant different things at different stages of my life, but where I look at where I am right now, it certainly confidence for me has less to do with other people than it did in the past. Yes. And a lot more to do with my own journey with myself, with my journey to embrace and own my choices, my flaws, my strengths and everything in between. So I think the way I feel about confidence and the way confidence has grown within me has really come most in this stage of my life where I've let go of of really thinking or comparing or holding myself accountable in terms of others and looking very much inward. And that, I think, has been a very exciting journey. Yes, I agree. I think that came with a bit of age for me and mm. confidence is a journey as well, really, isn't it? It's just that that, that development and and surrounding yourself with the right people, knowing who you want to and making those choices to be very conscious of who's around you and what your influences are. But just being able to being who you are, as you say, accept your flaws, accept who you are and, and not care who whoever's around you needs to accept all, all that as yes, well, right? Yes. And, and I think part of it also has to do with having a level of ownership and accountability with yourself. Yes. I think when you set your goals or you set your objectives of who you want to be, how you want to live, how you want to treat other people and how you want to treat yourself. Yeah. And then you hold yourself accountable to that. That also allows you to both grow, but also to to feel good when you achieve or or grow in those with respect to those you know things that you're setting, those tasks and those values that you're setting for yourselves. It's interesting. I think also I know you've got a couple of children, and and that sort of was a big change in me as well because there was a how am I educating these kids or how am I showing confidence and belief in yourself to children? Because, it, you know, it can't just be words. It has to be really what they're learning and how they, you know, we treat ourselves and treat other people and that sort of thing as well. Did you find that when children came along, there was that trying to show them how to love themselves and 
be confident in who they are? Absolutely. And for me, a big part of that was learning about boundaries. Yes. was not something I, you know, that's been a learned skill. Yes. And, and so absolutely, I think when you look at your children and the way, I think children have this amazing ability to reflect mm. the truth yeah. in a way that no one else in your life does. Mm. You know, oftentimes the people around you will be quite forgiving, sometimes quite harsh, but often the mm. people you surround yourselves will be quite forgiving of your of the nuances of who you are. But children can be, you know, quite reflective. Mm. And yes, absolutely. You see how important confidence is. Yeah. You see how important resilience is and, and you want to model that and you want to encourage it and you want – so if you're seeing aspects of yourself where you're maybe not as confident as you would like to be, that's an opportunity that your children bring to you to think, how can I do this better? Absolutely. We get asked quite often about, oh, have you got anything for teenagers? I've got a teenage daughter that's not confident. But these are the sort of women that are turning up to our workshops and things. And I sort of say to them, look, at this point, we haven't gone down that path. But what you do, what you learn, who you are, what you take home to be a more confident woman is the best teaching for those, for your teenage daughter or, you know. So there's no point just trying to be unconfident, like really low in confidence yourself and try to, you know, give your daughter something. The best thing is you all to be on that journey or for you to, you know, for the mother to be showing some of that as well. And, you know, also what I find quite interesting is sometimes my children are the teachers with that. Yes. So sometimes they will exhibit confidence and self-esteem in a way that is very Mm. honest and they're still young so it's quite an honest way of of expressing themselves which can be a very they sometimes I feel like they're the teachers yes you're right you're right yeah I know we have to learn all the time from them (laughs) a few hard lessons sometimes (laughs) and Nikki when are you the most confident version of yourself I think that would definitely be when I'm around those that I love and trust. Yeah. And also through the journey with the business, with National Banks, I've really learned that when I'm working on something I'm passionate about, mm. it brings a, a level of confidence to me. And, yes. And that's a really that's a beautiful thing. When you're talking about or doing something that you're passionate about, that can bring a lot of that confidence to the fore. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yes. And now like so many others, your business story came from a frustration of not being able to find what you wanted really. So you decided to create (laughs) it and build it yourself. Did you always have a strong sense of self-belief to be able to do this or did you need to build this up before you launched Nation Banks? To give you an example of where I was when when this business started, I was probably as far away from having a strong sense of self-belief that you you (laughs) can imagine actually. It was at a period of my life when I was, I'd finished a career, I was sort of transitioning. I had two young children. One was, my baby was probably about nine months old. He did not sleep at all. (laughs) So I was, I was in that, that young 
when you've got young children and babies that isolated, yeah. feeling very far from myself. And my husband was actually the one that encouraged me to go on this journey because he sat with me on the couch one night and said, you're you're black hatting everything and it's very unlike you because I'm usually quite a glass half full person. Yeah. But I, I was in a stage of my life where I felt very disconnected, yeah. very isolated, very a little bit lost on like, what what was my life going to be now? And I think a lot of women can certainly, um, oh, absolutely, you know, attest to that yeah. feeling. Am I ever going to get back to being me? Yeah, I feel like I cooked chicken schnitzels and did baby food for years. Going, what yes. what has happened to my life? Yes. Will, will I get myself? Yes. Back? When, um, yeah. And also at the same time, I was feeling a lot of concern about the situation that was happening in a global sense. So mm-hmm. I was not in a place of a strong sense of self-belief. So I certainly did have to build up to it. And also because my career up until that point had really always involved either established businesses or teams that I was working with. So so there was a bit of a runway that had to happen. Yes. But it did certainly help me that the business was not born out of a desire to create a business. It was born out of a commitment to investigate and build and work on something and work towards something that I strongly believed in. And in in a lot of ways, the cause and the the commitment to to that filled in the gaps that existed in terms of my belief in self. It was belief in a cause that I think bridged the gap until I got to a point where I felt the self-belief kicked in as well. Yeah. And I think that that often happens in in those sort of things. When I read a book once or something, I can't remember where this came from, but which I talked about in my book, it's like if you've got a lot of problems, go and get some bigger problems because <laughs> you've got to like because you've got to take the focus off your, you know, not that there was problems, but, you know, when you're sort of like, oh, where's my life going? It's like, well, go and get some bigger problems about world sustainability and life and because they're big problems and then the sort of problems that you, you know, cooking chicken schnitzel for the eighth time this week and what's happened to my life problems. Yeah. Don't seem as significant. Yeah. <laughs> and it's maybe that, that, you know, you start focusing on and seeing that you can make a difference in some bigger problems that gives you that new perspective and a, and a sense of purpose and a sense of self-belief. Absolutely. And I think as well, what I was really lucky to have at the very beginning of the journey was the business really actually started not as an e-commerce or any kind of retail. It was originally I was interviewing. I just wanted to go out and find and tell the stories of, right. of people. Yeah. And so the lucky thing I had was as well as the cause, I was interviewing people who were right at the coalface of this movement and who were innovating and creating and designing, you know, really a wonderful kind of mindset and objective. And that tapped me into inspiration and possibility. And and so that was a huge awakening and that was a really exciting – and also the fact that to begin with, I didn't even think anyone would want me to – interview them. Yeah. I, I really, I was, I don't know, I just thought, I'm going to ask these people, but yeah. you know, why would they talk to me? I haven't even got a website yet. Yeah. Yeah. And and what I was so blown away by was just how generous and open and, you know, giving of their time and yeah. energy and 
you know, a lot of a lot of the people I spoke to were, and and that also helped, you know, to yeah. show that, you know, people were willing to engage and and share and yeah. and be, you know, be generous with their stories. So and yeah. I think that's because they were in something passionate, mm. and it's great when you know you do surround yourself with those people. I mean, one of the reasons we love, love, love doing these podcast episodes is the same. We get to meet and have conversations with women all around the world who are just doing really great stuff and who are yeah. loving what they do. And you know, I can record a podcast and I sort of get off and go, great. Like you feel buzzed and excited (laughs) and great. What am I going to do in the world? And what it's again, back to what I was talking about earlier, even with the confidence thing is who you surround yourself with. If you start pulling in people who are really up to something and passionate and inspired and, you know, facing the fear and doing it anyway Mm -hmm. and all those things, you, you just can't help but get buzzed by that and get involved in that and get inspired by that. And that helps us build our own confidence as well. Absolutely. And I think as well as that, you realise how human we all are and how often our perception (laughs) of of other people and their journey, when you connect with them and you're in an honest exchange with someone, you do realise how often you can think that somebody's having a much easier time or yes. they it comes really easily. <laughs> yeah. But but actually the when you connect on a really human level with people, it it shows you that we all have something to give. We all overcome challenges. We you know, we all are capable of inspiration and and great things. So I think that also builds you up a little bit. Yeah, because we get stuck in our own heads, really, don't we? <laughs> we just get stuck Absolutely. in, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one dealing with all these problems. And then, yeah, you talk to, and everyone's got these challenges that they're facing, but the, there's people moving through them and finding ways around and doing great stuff anyway. So you get that, well, if they can, I can type type sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of obstacles and challenges in business, we all know, us business owners, that there are many obstacles and challenges that come our way, especially for your choice of opening a bricks and mortar store in a pandemic, no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I mean, so what do you do that helps you deal with, with these sort of challenges that come your way? Well, I think when I'm faced with a challenge or an obstacle, the first thing I like to do is research. I'm a bit of a, you know, I love homework. I love a research. So if something's challenging me and I'm coming up against something that's new, and, and I think, you know, for anyone who's been in business or particularly small business or startup, everything is constantly new challenges. Constant, um, yeah. So I often deep dive, work out what I'm dealing with or what I have to work with. I am lucky enough to have surrounded myself with people who act as advisors within my network and I will eagerly seek counsel yeah. from those people within my network who who may have had experience in the area I'm dealing with or just have a unique take. I learn an enormous amount from mentors or, mm. you know, even colleagues in my career earlier. And I I love to ask and seek advice from yeah. people to get different perspectives. Yeah. And then I'm a fast learner. So that definitely helps. Yes. I'm I'm a quick study. And and then beyond that, a lot of it for me is about trusting my gut and moving forward. Yes. Yeah. It also does help 
I find in this type of business to remind myself that it's not static. There's room to move. There's room to pivot. There's room to learn within the process. And I guess that idea of agility and flexibility is reassuring when you come up against an obstacle or a challenge because we have shifted this business. When I say we, I mean, it is me. Yes, yeah. My husband is my partner in life and he's also a partner and an advisor in the business. And there have been so many times where we have, even in the short span of the business so far, we have pivoted and and Mm. shifted and moved. And, you know, at the beginning of this, there was never an intention to open a bricks and mortar store, let alone... (laughs) Let alone in a pandemic. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. you know, why not? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> That's it. Give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah, so I like to make bold moves, but I do like to lay a foundation underneath any of those moves. So right. for me, it's, it's about the educated guess or, mm. the you know, the educated move to learn and understand as much as I can and then also be bold and take a yeah take action take a, take action yeah. yeah and i think that's such a great point because so many people they try to work it all out themselves and it's just mm. you know whether it's business or whether it's other things i mean if you can find some great mentors and advisors that are you know that you trust and that you you take their counsel and it's credible and and they're not involved necessarily then you know they're not giving you advice based on trying to get something out of you or whatever. It's just trying to find those people that maybe have trodden that path before and can give you some ideas about where to go or what to, or where to get even more help or advice. Trying to work it out all ourselves is just very challenging. <laughs> very know? challenging. I'm coaching a girl at the moment who's starting her own business and she was trying to write, you know, she was trying to design the website and have it all perfect. And I kept saying to her, just start something because in a year's time, I promise you, you'll change the About Me page on the website. Like it'll evolve as you evolve, but you can't have it all right from the beginning when you first start up. You just have to get started. And as you say, it's sort of things change and you you pivot and new opportunities come through and new clients tell you that they want something else or what have you. You've got to just keep with it. Absolutely. I mean, my husband said to me when I was building the website, the first website, which as you yeah, say, it's completely <laughs> it completely changed. Yeah. But he had heard someone speaking at a forum he'd been to who said that if you launch your business when it's ready, you've launched too late. Right. So something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. And he kept saying that to me and I was like, ah, oh, stop it. I yeah, just gotta yeah. get it, you know, I've just got to get it ready. But it's a hundred percent right. If you wait until it's ready, it's too late. And when I launched, that was when I realized, oh, launching is just, it's not even the first step. It's almost like the pre-step. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and That's you right. think, yay, I've launched. Yeah. And then you think, oh yeah. my gosh, now the, work, <laughs> now the work actually yes. begins. And and so I think that was a really good, that was really good advice that he gave yeah. because now I always try to get something to a point where it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. And then get in because you give yourself that wiggle room and you then you aren't too attached to it yes. to, to let go of things that you need to. 
yeah, there's room for movement. It's the expectation that it's going to evolve and it's going to change mm. and that's okay. That's what, yeah. you know, rather than I've built this and this is exactly how it needs to look and then butting heads when it just doesn't <laughs> quite yeah. roll, roll yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Just those, those people around us is just so important to have the right. And I've had many business mentors or people I can call. And a lady I spoke to a couple of weeks ago about something, she was a colleague from, you know, probably eight years ago. But I just knew when I, you know, I had some challenge I had to sort of overcome or I was going in a different direction. I knew she was the woman to talk to. And it's having those colleagues around. I love that, you know, that I can just pick up the phone and go, hey, are you available for a 20-minute chat mm. to give you just a little bit of bounce room of someone that you know you can trust? and hear some insight into that industry or that area or or something like that, you know? Absolutely. And sometimes as well, it can be someone who is so far removed. Yes. But their take will be refreshing and and maybe unexpected, mm. which is also quite exciting, I yeah. think. Sometimes, you know, you've got someone whose skill set is so different. Yes or their experience, but they bring something to it that can actually start you on a bit of a, lead you off on a path which can take you somewhere. I say it in coaching all the time. I said, my role is to help you create new thinking because that's what produces new results and new behaviours and new directions. It's it's having someone question where you're at and have you thought about this over here, which you might never have looked at. But having that, that coach or that mentor or that, you know, advisor can really help you to create that new thinking and go, as you say, go on a different path that you might not have considered. Yeah, absolutely. Like opening a bricks and mortar store in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Did you, did you freak out when that all happened? Were you already open when we sort of went into that or? Mm, oh, we almost did, but we, we dodged that bullet. Right. We, my husband and I, we do every February, we sit down at the beginning of every year and we do a strategy ses- session yeah. on the business. So we take a week out and we work on the business and Part of the February strategy session at the beginning of last year was that we should look at either having a pop-up or some kind of physical manifestation of the store because the brands that we're showcasing are often quite young. They're very often doing things differently in terms of the materiality of what right. they use or, yeah, yeah. or the innovation. or And so online is a great forum, but it doesn't always give them the opportunity to shine. And, mm-hmm. and the quality of so many of the brands is just exceptional. And I knew that we had to have a space where people could come and experience yes. and have that sensory experience yeah. and fall in love with all these amazing conscious products that are just made with so much care and so much heart and soul. And yeah. uh, we started doing markets, actually, was the first thing. I just thought, I need to get out and yeah. and just put the product in front of people because online and e-commerce can be very faceless. And I wanted to see the reaction, you know, with people. So we did a few markets and actually at one of the markets, a woman who had run a wonderful store that I'd been obsessed with, she actually came to the market and she said, what are you doing at a market? you should be in a shop. I said, I'm working, <laughs> I'm working my way there. I'm not quite ready. And, oh. and she actually mentored me a little bit and she was wonderful with sharing her experience with me. And then we had an opportunity to potentially take over the lease of a store for a year, which would have, was the closest thing to a pop-up we could get in our right. area. Yeah. 
And we almost signed on to that in, we would have taken over the lease in July, which would have right. been yeah. an absolute disaster. <laughs> um, would have been a disaster. And it just happened that it went to someone else and they saved us, really. So we we dodged that bullet, but by that point, I'd done all of the research and I knew it was the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, right, yeah. And I had jumped the mental hurdle about and the the doubt hurdle about whether this was the right move. I'd come very quickly from let's do market stalls and pop-ups to no, we need a physical retail space. And by that point, I was certain it needed to happen by Christmas if we were open. Yes, right. So we were very lucky because we were actually negotiating on our current space throughout the lockdown. Yes, right. Um, which was, you know, it was, we, we did, we did <laughs> have. But at some times. point, the world's opening up again. Come on. <laughs> it, and I would say every now and again, I'd say, I'm not crazy, am I? It's my <laughs> husband. And he would say, babes, you know, you, uh, when others. Yes, you are. And that's the point. You have to be a little zag. bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, go, just go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So. Because if you wait uh, till it's all perfect, it's too late. Yeah. Exactly. Just, you know, we knew. We'd looked into it enough that we we knew what we were getting into with our eyes open. Yeah. We knew what the risks were. So, yeah. And then we had a, a lovely landlord in that he did not put a specific pressure on us about when we opened because we were still in lockdown. And, and so we just worked with him on when there was a roadmap to open, then could we press go, yeah. you know, in yeah, terms of... Right. And he was wonderful in that respect, but we knew Christmas was important. So yeah, it was yeah. it was a balancing act. And then it was like, okay, go. Yes. Now we have to get the builder to bump <laughs> in. And, you know, if we yeah. said to him, we got two weeks. Yeah. He was like, oh my gosh, okay, let's do it. So it all happened. It happened very quickly. You just got to, yeah, trust that the direction's the right way. And Yes. And we often talk about confidence as having confidence in yourself that you'll handle anything that comes your way. And yes. it's just that self-belief that there's obviously going to be things that come up, but you just, I, I'm going to handle it. It's going to be fine. There's going to be pivots and changes and I'm going to have to make decisions on the fly, but yeah. it's going to be fine. I'm going to handle it. Yeah. And I think for me, I've always been someone who, if I... If I can look at the scenario, see what the worst is, see what the best is, you know, and I think it's very hard with, within a pandemic or within any the situation we've been in yes. to ever know anything. But we went into it knowing there were potential things that would come up that could potentially make it tricky. And so, you know, like I said before, once I've done that groundwork and I feel good and confident that I'm happy about that decision, then I will, then I will leap. Yeah. Yeah. My mum always used to say, especially when I was learning to drive, actually, she used to say, he who hesitates is lost. <laughs> and it was like, you know. You Put just, your foot on like, the accelerator. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to pull into that gap in traffic, yeah, go. Like go. Once, you, yeah. once you've decided. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit like that, I think, in, in, in business. Absolutely. I feel the same. And what's the most important thing that you've learned from running a business? Oh, goodness. Probably many, but. <laughs> yes, a lot. I think if we're talking in the context of this conversation, I would say that running a business has exposed me firsthand to what I'm capable of. Yes. In a way, oh, I love yeah, that. In a way that I don't think I was exposed to that in the same way in corporate. Yes. So when you have no one but yourself to really pull something off, you work out what you're made of. Yes. And 
And then sort of building off that, I would say it's taught me to have more faith in myself and my abilities. Mm. So I think that's the best gift that it's given me. And particularly, I think at this stage in my life, as a as a woman who, you know, has had a career, left that career, had children, started new things, the thing that I'm loving about it is it's shown me that at any stage in your life, you can start again and you can yeah. learn and you can build and you can, particularly what I see with women is that, and it's not just women, it is really transferable to anyone. But I think a lot of times women build up to something and then certainly when they have children have to have it all changed on them mm. and have to figure out where they sit in context to that and, and beyond. And and But I think it is also equally applicable to anyone in life who, who has that shift. And I think when I was young, I... I don't know if I was taught it or I, I just, I don't know, believed it, but I thought you start and you pick something and that's it. Yes. Well, I think we were, I think we were told, I, mean, I was definitely yeah. told at and school. I was, yeah. It was never about, well, just start something and you'll work it out on the way. It was like, well, no, choose the degree you're going to do and that's it. Yes. That's the life you're having. And, you yeah. know, that's and very hard stops, when you're 18. <laughs> and if it stops or it changes or you have to give it up, then that's it. But what I see, and I see it all around me, mm. is, and and certainly with technology and the way you know we're able to work, there's this infinite opportunity to be to come, to rise from the ashes and to to reinvent and to learn and to to do something new and to find a new skill set. And that that's what this journey has taught me more than anything is just wow. You know, you can completely transform what your path is and it doesn't matter what your age is or your circumstance is you know you can you can do it so yeah I often say to business women if I'm doing a presentation or something running a business is the biggest personal development journey you'll ever go on because 100% you do like you said it's only you and you have to just sell yourself and you have to put you know money on your services the price on your services and you have mm. to talk to people you may not usually come into contact with and you have to do things and you know Anastasia and I my business partner always laugh because something will happen with the website and she'll say oh this link's not working and I say well just email the IT department and she <laughs> sends me the email and then we get something from a contract or I said I just sent that contract to the legal department because which is you know she's she was a lawyer so I was like send it over to her but you do you have to just be jack of all trades, especially initially before you can sort of, I guess, you know, bring, bring some contractors in or so, something Absolutely. like this. You have to learn. And when, you, when you're building it on a smaller budget, there's also that, you know, before you get to that point where you can really fund a lot of that. Yes. I used to say to people, can I pay you in sunshine and rainbows? Yeah, that's you know, right. my, that's, that's what, right. you know, yeah. but, but you end up having to go, okay, well, I've got to do this. Yeah. How do I learn? Yeah. I've learned to code. You know, I, I yes. built our whole website myself. I did too. We, I did. We built you know? ours as well. Yeah. And then you look back and you think, 
Wow, you know, that's it is an incredible and exciting realisation and, and thing to, to understand about yourself. And now Anastasia says, remember those days we didn't know, we went for a first interview with a website designer and we knew nothing and they, they kept talking about widgets and we like we just kept nodding our head like we knew what a widget was. <laughs> and, you know, she'll say something now and I'll go, I've just put a new widget on the thing. And she said, remember the days that we didn't even know what a widget was? We're like looking at each other going, do you know what these people are talking about? Because I certainly don't. And, you know, but you learn, you just have yeah. to learn the new language and learn all the, all the bits and pieces. So, yeah. oh, yeah. it's so funny. Now, last <laughs> question. So on the National Bank's website, you say that you're guided by the quote, change for the better begins with a single imperfect step in the right direction. So how has this guided you in business and your personal life? It really, it really underpins so much of what National Bank's is about. For me, I think any journey worth taking starts with that first step. And if there's too much pressure on the first step, it can sometimes end up being a very short trip (laughs) (laughs) and and not go very far at all. So the way I apply it and the way we sort of intended or I intended when I talk about it in context of, of our customers' journeys or brands' journeys or my own personal journey would be that anything that I'm learning whether it's how to consume more consciously or how to run a business or how to parent our Mm -hmm. children, Mm -hmm. I always start, you know, the first thing is start and then learn and grow in the process. And, you know, when I first started National Banks and I would tell people what it was about, a lot of people would say if it was in a conversational context Mm -hmm. would be, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I'm not doing enough. I am terrible at this. (laughs) And if your intention is to live sustainably and you have to get it right from the first, Mm. you know, decision you make, that is going to be, it is going to be a very short journey. Too much pressure. Yeah. And the likelihood is that you'll give up. And it's why it's, it's often that thing about, you know, Many people imperfectly is better than than a few perfectly. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm someone who really wants to encourage this movement and champion the people who are spearheading this movement and encourage and support anyone who wants to take any step yes. towards consciously consuming. And I think the pathway to making this a more universal and accessible lifestyle is many and varied and each person will come to it in a different way Mm. and they will come to it for different reasons and they will undertake the journey in different ways. And I think for me, it's very much about saying, you know, it's just about taking a step. Start, Start by falling in love again with the things that you bring into your home, Yes, into your life, you know, think about maybe get excited about a product because the people who made it have made it with so much thought and consideration about what it's made out of, how the people who produce it are treated, Mm. what effect it's going to have on our planet now and in the future, what effect it will have on your body, how it underpins a country or Mm. a community. And so, If you start this journey in how you consume or whether it's how you treat people, how you treat yourself, for our brands, it's also about 
the journey they go on that with their business. Start yes. start with the right intent, make mistakes, you know, dream big mm. and and adapt and grow. And I think what if you start in the right direction and you start with the right intent yeah. and you aim to learn and grow as you go, that's that's all anyone can really do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love it. It is. It's just starting, moving it and even that one step that you take, but it actually is a big step for a lot of other people around. Like just because I buy that one product might be a small step in the direction of sustainability or changing, you know, my habits, but it influences so many other people that put their love and care into that product. And we can feel so, we can feel so helpless in our decision-making. I think we can feel very, very small and, that's not the case. Yeah. This really is an, you know, look at the election that we just had. And and I think that it's a really exciting thing. And so I think if we can just be kind to ourselves and and allow ourselves to to be imperfect and to go on these growth and learning journeys, then that's, that's an awesome thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so great. And such great tips <laughs> for people starting business or looking at this sustainability area. So thank you so much. Now we're going to finish on our Rise Women final power questions that we ask all our guests. So Nikki, what do you wish every woman knew? Her true strength. Oh, I like that. And what is your superpower? I think I would say connecting people. Oh, good. Yeah. Mm, I like bringing people together. Yeah. And it just is what your business really is founded on, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now we've got a whole shoe thing going on. We talk (laughs) about heels and flats and people say barefoot and flip-flops and riding boots and whatever. What shoe of choice do you feel most confident in, Nikki? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm almost six foot. so okay. uh, I am too. Flats are a go-to for me. Right. I did I did at one point in my corporate career utilize heels just for that added boost yes. in a in a negotiating context. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but no, I'm I'm barefoot or flats. Preferably barefoot. Yeah. Except in this current weather in, in Australia. Oh my gosh. Yeah, not <laughs> no. not right now. <laughs> That's just socks and barefoot. Yeah. Uh, your favorite quote or rule that you live by? I guess we've sort of done one with the imperfect step in the right direction. Do you have another one or another rule that you live by? Yeah, in business, very, very early on in my career, a mentor said to me, if you don't jump off the precipice, you'll never fly. Ooh. And that has always, always been whenever I've had to make particularly a career decision yeah. that has always underpinned it, that idea that even when I was making decisions about, you know, moving in particular jobs, it would always be, there has to be that little bit of an element that it will be, that there's a little bit scary. Yes. Otherwise, why do it? Yes. Really? <laughs> That's right. Um, and, you know, it has, to, it has to scare you a little bit. Yeah. Not... You don't want it to terrify you, but I always feel like it's going to be a worthwhile course of action or decision or or way to move if it's a little bit scary. And then if you don't jump, you'll never know what you're capable of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to have a bit of fear to go go forward through. Uh, Who inspires you and why? My husband and my sons are my inspiration. They show me love like I've never known. Mm. They... 
challenged me to live my life with purpose, with bravery and with joy. They are my biggest supporters mm. and, yeah, and the boys are really the whole reason that I've found this path. And definitely my husband is, yeah, he's incredible. So, yeah. Oh, lovely. Very good. Nice. And finish this sentence, if I had even more confidence than I do now, I would? I think for me it would be putting myself out there in terms of the face of the brand and public speaking engagements and I am actually quite a shy person mm-hmm. by nature. I, I struggle with being – it's weird because I was a salesperson for years. <laughs> yes. But I, I'm good in small settings. Right, I'm right. Good, I'm good in small connected circumstances. I have a hugely anxious about speaking in front of a big room full of people. Right. Podcasts, I'm getting better, but podcasts... <laughs> You're doing great. They terrify me. Um, so confidence for me would certainly help me in that respect, I think. And it's it's something I would like to get better at yes. and do more. Well, I know a great quote. It says, everything begins with a single imperfect step in the right direction, <laughs> Nikki. So I just... I you know, encourage you to take that on and just start. Just book yourself a speaking gig. I have, you know. Oh, good, good, good. I'm terrified. It makes me feel, oh, it terrifies me. But it's this supposed, is something. Listen, it's supposed to. I've been doing public speaking for years and years and years and I still get terrified. It's not that the terrified goes away. It's just that you get better at handling it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's the thing. I'm, I have become better at just I just say yes. Yes, that's right. And then I just have to do it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that's good. And you're right. It does get easier. It gets easier. I promise you. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I don't know why you were terrified because you did fantastic. You've been great. And I'm sure there's lots of women out there who have got, who are thinking about starting a business or thinking, you know, but even if they're not, it's really understanding other people's tips and tricks about how we navigate this self-belief we keep ourselves going, we learn to back ourselves, we we take steps in the right direction. And I'm sure I'm sure all our listeners have got something valuable today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for, for having me. It's a fantastic subject matter to discuss. And um, as I said at the beginning, I'm just really honoured that you wanted to hear what I had to say well, about we it. we do, we do. <laughs> and we can't wait to see you on a big flashy stage in front of lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> Come and to Life in Style in Melbourne. I'll be there. Wear your heels. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Don't go on barefoot. That's probably not the best idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and thank you to everyone for listening today and remember there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman you've always wanted to be so please get in touch we have a number of free downloads on our website that can get you started with confidence tools and techniques so go to risewomen.com forward slash free to access all our free content and until next time remember with confidence anything is possible bye for now (laughs) 